to live righteously. Time for another episode of The Cultural Hall. It is an Articles of News episode. I hope you're liking the new intro. Let me know what you think. Or if you didn't even notice it, you're one of those people. That's fine, too. Go back and listen. Contact at theculturalhall.com is our email. Would love to hear uh, your feedback as far as that goes. I'm joined today by Megan the Mitch Mitchell. Hello. Hello. How are Uh, you? I'm great. If you are a first-time listener to The Cultural Hall, what this particular episode is going to be all about is news of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We call it the Articles of News. Sometimes we do interviews, and in the third part of this episode, uh, we welcome Corey K. Ward, the Pharaoh himself, in to talk about uh, other temples besides the St. George Temple and the three temples that were dedicated in one day. That's what we talked about in our last episode. We ran out of time because we had so much to say about the now refurbished, renovated St. George Temple. So uh, he will be here in the third block to talk about other temples, including the Lagos, or is it Legos? We'll talk about that. That's coming up in the third block of the Cultural Hall. Megan the Mitch, how are you? I'm so good. So good, Richie. Thanks for inviting me back. Yeah, of course. You were just boasting about how, uh, you know, it's your second 10-day vacation of the last couple months. Oh, my life is so hard, she says. I, I'm I'm, I'm a little spacey this morning, what with just coming back from a 10-day ten ten vacation. And listeners of the Cultural Hall will remember, wait, didn't she just go fishing on a once-in-a-lifetime experience with her husband not less than two months ago? Yeah. Yes, she did. Yeah, so. Yeah, hashtag, well, this. Hashtag living her best life. It's Megan. Absolutely. Hey there, Richie. Yeah, no, this time, this 10 day vacation included my whole family. Okay. So, so not not really a vacation. I was going to (laughs) say, do with that what you need to when you define vacation, Mm -hmm. but it was a once in a lifetime thing. We've never really done anything like this with our kids before. Um, And basically, so you said hashtag living your best life. Our hashtag for the whole week was hashtag cruise life because we were on a cruise um, up in Alaska. Okay. And uh, it was amazing. It was so now, incredible. Now I got a question because I so I've done yes. uh I've done, let me think about this, maybe two cruises, maybe one cruise. I can't remember actually. In okay. fact, if you've ever been on a cruise, that will make complete sense to you. Was that one cruise? Was that two cruises? Was that two? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but when you have a bajillion people as you do in your family, is it there are millions? They, yeah, <laughs> they have different cabins, or do you do the large cabin and it saves you money that way? How do you do all of the family in the cabins with a family in your size? Excellent question. We ended up getting a large cabin that could sleep eight people, which are hard to come by. Mm-hmm. on cruise ships in general. Yes. Um, but we did find on Princess Cruise Line, they had an eight person suite. So we did that and it was amazing. We had like a master bedroom kind of, and then a living area with couches that could fold out well, and then another well. little bedroom with uh, two sets of bunk beds. So four beds total and okay. like two bathrooms and a beautiful balcony. It was on the front of the ship, which isn't great if you get seasick easily, mm-hmm. but it was, it was uh, exactly what our family needed space wise. And um, people are going to listen to this and they're going to think that I'm so bougie and we're really not like, no. we've never done something like this ever with our kids, but our oldest is going to graduate high school this year. And we're like, after that, she graduates and then another one graduates and then people are going on missions and then people are getting married. So it's kind of our last hurrah, last opportunity to really of 18 summers. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. And, um, and the greatest thing is that all of the kids 
So the we did a cruise about four and a half years ago to Mexico with my mm. in-laws. Yeah, and my thing youngest... that you never do that you did four and a half years ago. Got it, got it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, no, well, so when I say that we've never done it, it's like I, all I of our vacations. Never. I mean, we haven't done it in September of 2023. That's what I mean. What What I mean is that we've never done a big family vacation that doesn't involve other people, <laughs> like grandma and grandpa or aunts and uncles or family reunions. And like, honestly, that cruise at that time, like my father-in-law paid for part of it, you know? So it was like sure. a little bit of a different sure. situation. Um, but my youngest wasn't old enough to go in the pool yet. He wasn't old enough to go into any of the kids clubs yet. So it was really like the older kids got a vacation and mom and dad were hanging out with the baby the whole day. Yeah, they were And grandma and grandpa were like, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so now all six kids went into the the clubs, the various clubs that they have basically all day. Like I hardly saw them. I saw them at yeah. lunch and dinner and it was awesome. Like even my teenagers <laughs> who, uh, that sounds terrible. No, it's <laughs> great. And it's it true. Was, and that's what they do it for. That is why they do it the way that yes. they do it. Exactly. It's amazing. Even my teenagers spent all the time in the teenage club that they could um and they were like the only teenagers in there so they were all just hanging out with like each other you know mm. and mm. then Penelope and John were in the younger kids club and for the most part they had the run of it and just absolutely amazing the kids saw things that they would never see otherwise and my husband and I have been to Alaska before but the kids never have so we mm -hmm. were excited to show them you know what we love about it we saw it we had one port day that was canceled because of weather so that was a bummer we had one day where we all ended up in the room just totally down with seasickness. We were so sick. Jeez. Luckily, nobody was like barfing. So mm -hmm. that was good. Mm -hmm. But it was still like we were all, we took like a three hour nap. All all eight of us. We were all just Jeez. down just because of but, rough um, waters or. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, rough waters. Yep. And uh, but I, you know, my kids got to see Mendenhall Glacier in Juneau. We saw humpback whales. We learned all about the Alaskan gold rush. And then when we got off in Anchorage, we decided we were going to spend an extra like two and a half days kind of sightseeing. Mm -hmm. And we took the kids to Talkeetna, where Denali is. And we were so excited. We had this totally planned out without telling the kids. It was a huge surprise that we were going to take them on a flight seeing tour around Denali and land on a glacier. And we were so excited. None of the kids knew. We were like the night before. We're like, okay, everybody, you got to be up early. You got to wear all of your layers, bring your gloves, everything. And then that morning they called and canceled no, because of bad weather. No, we we're so bummed because that was literally the only reason we went to Talkeetna mm -hmm. was so that we could do that tour. Sure. And we had already planned that when we were done with that tour, we were going to drive to Girdwood, which is outside of Anchorage. And it's like my favorite place in Alaska. And so we called our favorite, like there's a helicopter tour there that we've done before. Mm -hmm. So we called them and we're like, any chance you guys have room for eight? Cause like helicopters aren't big. No. Like fitting eight people is not easy. And they're like, actually we do. We have a tour today at 2 PM where we have a three seater and a five seater. If you can get here, it's, it, you can do it and you can land on a glacier. And it was incredible. Nobody has lived until they've been on a helicopter with a five-year-old. Mm -hmm. It was hilarious. He was Scared? going, no, oh, not okay. one bit. Okay. He, but he was humming the Jurassic Park theme song. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's, that's awesome. Good for it him. It was classic. It was so amazing. So excellent trip. 
I really think that I think people kind of sleep on Alaska a little bit. They don't sure. understand sure. the magic, but it literally like we were all sitting there. We're like, let's just move here. We yeah. love it. Yeah. We love it so much. I saw a bear on the side of the road. That was yeah. cool. We went to the Wildlife Cons- Conservation Center, which was so cool because you see like moose up close and black bears and grizzly Did you see bears. A we saw caribou. We saw baby moose. Mm-hmm. We saw wolves. I think baby moose are meeses, aren't they? Most baby likely. Meese. Yep. Uh, so a couple things that I just want to yes. pick up on this whole thing. Um, uh-huh. One, uh, I just want you to to hear your own privilege real quick. I know. I know. In, it's ridiculous. Your, we called our favorite helicopter tour in Alaska. I just want to point that out. It sounds so no, gross. I, it's yeah, gross. No, I, just, I just want to point it out. The second thing that I want to point out is the reason why most cruise lines don't have cabins for eight is because people go, why would you do that? Why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> Who would be interested in this? No one wants to do this. Let's not do that. And then the last thing, it's actually a question that I have to ask yeah. you. How bad did that cabin stink? So the separate room with the bunk beds, that's where it got bad. Because okay. I have two teenage boys in there. Yeah. And a preteen uh, yeah. who's starting to get funky. Yeah. Now. So that that was the room where it got where you walk in and you go, something is dead. Is one yes. of your are one of your brothers dead? Exactly. Did someone exactly. bring a pet and we forgot to feed it? What is exactly yeah. okay. okay? Exactly. But no, Richie, I do, I I do recognize my privilege. This is not something that like when I say that it's it's out of kind of character for us, mm-hmm. it, it really is. And yes, I did have a life-changing vacation in July with my husband. The circumstances were totally different that even allowed us to go on this vacation. It, I mean, it, I don't want to get into the details because it's personal, but sure. like, it's just, uh, it's making me, I want to, I want my kids to see more of the world, sure. you know, and sure. we haven't been in a position to necessarily allow that in a way that, um, is good for them. If sure. that makes sense, you know, mm-hmm. um, and to see that like life can be life can be simple with less you know like I, I was saying to my husband I'm like I just want to like go home and get rid of all of our crap yeah I want to stop buying like fast fashion from Target and invest in things like you know clothing for my kids that's like Patagonia where like I know it's going to stand the test of time and they can go and hike in it you know and just things like that where they can just appreciate things a little bit better than maybe they have. Um, but where I, I do want all of the listeners in the cultural hall to know that my husband and I definitely, we recognize that it's a huge blessing that a lot of people don't have access to. And we are, we are incredibly blessed to have had the opportunity. And there was a lot of prayers of gratitude being said, including for the fact that like, you know what, our port day got canceled in Ketchikan and that's okay. And we're going to make our fun and we're going to make the best of it. Whereas we could have gotten ticked off and angry, but like, what good does that do? You know, it's just, it was, it was a really good, good thing for our family. Well, I want you to know this. You shouldn't apologize at all. I just like giving you a hard time. A, I appreciate that. And B, there are different seasons as far as things go, right? There's a time where you're like, man, our food, are we going to do food on the table? Is that going to be a thing that we're going to do? 
And, you know, usually as people start to get more established in their careers and they are able to get promotions and, you know, you're able to be back to work now, that's money that your household hasn't had prior. And that's obviously going to be able to put you in a better position. I think it's great. I think it's to be celebrated. It's not to be shamed. But I did want to point out that you said our favorite helicopter tour company in Alaska. Okay. It's fine. fine. No, nope. There's no saving it. There's no defense. There's none. There's none. We just said it and now we move on. For what it's worth, it's the only helicopter okay, tour company sure. that I even know uh-huh. about in uh-huh. Alaska. Okay. Okay. The fact that you know about one. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I want to touch on a couple things. Would you like the uh, Would you like the good news or would you like the bad news? You'll get both of them. Which would you like first? Um, can you hang tight one second? Sure. What's up? Okay. Do I want the good news or the bad news? Mm-hmm. Um. You're going to let's get go both. bad. OK, let's go bad news first. OK, bad news first. Well, I went to the doctor the other day. OK. And uh, I, I do the regular visits to the doctor. Good for you. Uh, Because uh, I don't want to die of something stupid. That's I know reasonable. I'm going to die. <laughs> I know that that's a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I, I mean, I could get translated, but the likelihood not, you know, especially with current life choices, probably not going to be there. <laughs> but I'm not throwing it out as an option. There you I'm go. Sure there was, I'm sure that there was time that John was like, well, I'm going to die. But then he, you know, anyway, so I digress. <laughs> uh, but I went to the doctor the other day and did the uh, did the blood work, got the stuff done. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and so here's what I do, though, because I have a wife who who understands medical things and mm-hmm. also a uh, a wife who will. um I don't want to say obsessed because that has such a negative connotation, but she understands it and she understands the seriousness of some of the things and right. can read results from like blood work and go, this is great. These mm-hmm. are good things. Here is yeah. a thing that we need to work on and, uh, you know, uh, probably should, or this is a, of a serious matter. And, uh, and well, here we go. Uh, I have, um, I have a thing and people need a to thing. Yeah, people need to know about it. I have stage two kidney failure. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my gosh, Richie, I'm so sorry. Yeah, so uh, let me tell you a little bit about what stage two means. It's mild kidney damage and my kidneys still work well. Okay. So so I am now uh, undergoing a very different way of living in the hopes of not dying. So that's a reasonable reaction, yeah. I would say. Yeah. So so it's a few things. Um, one of the things that I am completely cutting out of my consumption is I've been taking a pre-workout for a while. I will not be doing uh, that anymore. They say that that is full of a lot of things that probably my kidneys are having to filter out and uh, unnecessary, right? Yes, so that, as I drink my pre-workout. Right yeah, now. drink it up. I'll see you at the kidney shop here in a couple. Sounds good. Uh, so there's Be dialysis buddies. <laughs> yeah. So I hope not. I hope. Yeah. I mean, no kidding. I mean, science, whatever. Right. right. Uh, the other thing is, if you eat a lot of um, processed meats and or processed wheats, that's the processed thing. meats and wheats. Yeah. So like anything. So basically, now uh, you, you know the craze of like the whole thirty of a few yeah. years ago. Yeah. I, I've got to. I've got to eat the whole foods. Okay. So then, tell me what is what differentiates a processed meat from an unprocessed meat. So like bologna processed. Okay. 
So like uh, ground beef, as I understand it, processed. Really? Yeah. Steak, okay. not processed because it's cut off the thing and then put on the thing. Okay. Now, so steak tacos are good. Yeah. But you probably don't want to eat a lot of red meat just because of all okay. the things that red meat are. So like right. your chickens and your fishes are good. Okay. Yeah, okay. Good-ish. So like no, no, like beef jerky, no yeah. meat sticks, no Slim Jims. Yeah. None of yeah. that. Okay. Your, your, your ham slices. Okay. Uh, won't be hitting the deli counter anytime. I was going to say, so yeah. that would include yeah. lunch meat then. Yeah. Okay. But then also it's things like, uh, like all of your, uh, your, um, you know, overconsumption of like your anything, your breads and your pastas and your, all of that stuff where they go, we're going to take all the good stuff and process out anything that might be worthwhile and make it super tasty. Try and avoid eating this thing. So, so that's that. Stage two, baby. Okay, so what does that say for our milkshake triple date that we've been planning milk, with I think Annette? Milkshakes are fine. I think milkshakes okay. are fine. Okay. And, and and here's the deal. Uh, anyone who knows me knows I'm not going to be a hundred percent strict on it, but there's a lot of there's a lot that I can do in this arena that will hopefully make a difference. And part okay. two, just so y'all know, you know mm-hmm. how everyone is always screaming about drinking water? Yeah. It's actually part of this is from not drinking enough water. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. So drink yeah. more water, everyone. How are you feeling so far and how long has it been that you, since you've started this adjustment? So so there's uh, like a day. Uh, oh. so, there's, uh, so the way that this works, though, is there's a number that comes out of your blood work, right? Mm-hmm. And um, last year when I had the, the uh, stuff done, it was 73. You okay. want the higher the number, the better. And okay. this year when I had this stuff done, it was 60. And that's oh. significant because it's like, that's like a C minus to a, a D plus kind Ouch. of. So, okay. So there we go. Well, Richie, so many prayers that Thanks. you get this all, that you get your life figured out so that you yeah. don't end up dying. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. And, and that's about what my wife said too. <laughs> a little sterner. Uh, yeah. She, yeah, I can say this. She looks at me and she's like, you jackass. I need you to take <laughs> care of yourself because I don't want to be alone. And I was like, that is the sweetest, most, you know, firm thing you've ever said to me. So I've had but, those conversations with my husband before. Yeah. I and mean, do you want to know what's funny? When we <laughs> first got married, I made him go to the doctor for something that was concerning me. And he's like, no, it's been there forever. I don't care. It's and I'm like, you're going to the doctor mm-hmm. and his doctor, like we had been married for like three weeks, you know, and his mm-hmm. doctor was like, you'd be so surprised how many men all of a sudden start coming to the doctor as soon as they get married yeah, because their wives are like, tighten up, yep. get it together. <laughs> yep. 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 So I am both tightening up and getting it together. Now, would you like the good news? Yes. There Always. was some thought in my mind, in the back of my mind that uh, after we did the last Articles of News episode, me and Russ, uh, that we might be canceled, and we're not. There has yay! been there has been no negative response uh, to what I absolutely wished uh, for the twenty first day of September. I'm guessing you have not had the opportunity to listen to it. Uh no. Yeah. Uh, so, well, I started. I didn't finish. Okay, fair enough. So, uh, Russ and I were talking about how it is interesting that the Earth, Wind, and Fire song yes. September mm-hmm. also falls on the anniversary of when the Prophet Moroni came to, or yeah, the Prophet Moroni came to the Prophet Joseph Smith. Yeah. And that's um, amazing. 
And so I wanted with all my heart someone to make a jib-jab of Moroni singing to the Prophet Joseph Smith, do you remember the 21st night of September? Did somebody come through? Well, so as of this recording, no one has come through, but I did get this email from Verlin, Verlin, who said, I stand with Richie T. The Book of Mormon has changed my life. I reverence its message, and Moroni has long been one of my personal heroes. That said, the idea of a Moroni jib-jabbing Earth, Wind, and Fire September has me laughing out loud. Do it, if you yes. know you know. So, Verlin, thank you. Yes, thank I, you I, I support this, um, because here's the thing. I fully believe, if our, if, if our prophets, our Latter-day prophets, are any indication, the ancient prophets do have a sense of humor yes they would have to yes. you know and like it's perfect for moroni to say hey do you remember do you remember this day the 21st night of september big deal big deal never you was know? a brighter day exactly yes exactly See? i'm i'm fully in the camp of make the jib jab yep or so, somebody's got to be able to ai it somehow yeah. yes i mean i thought that i could just go to some site and say do this and ai is not that good yet yeah but uh, so there, there is every bit of that, everyone. Awesome. So, awesome. So that is the good news. It's not quite conquering stage two kidney failure, but whatever. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. There it is. Contact at theculturalhall.com if you want to send us emails. Let's take a break and come back and do actual articles of news. You can get a brand new PC laptops desktop and they start at only $29 a month. Best DJ in Utah.com. It's been a while since we've had a new one of these, and I apologize for that. It's because I've been so busy DJing events all over the country, uh, but especially here in Utah. Been able to do some great, uh, you know, weddings. I've done a, a prom or two for different listeners of the cultural hall. I love it when you uh, reach out to me at bestdjinutah.com, or uh, you can find the phone number online as well. I would love it if you say, hey, I heard about you on the cultural hall, because maybe, just maybe, I give a cultural hall discount. Uh, all sorts of events. It doesn't have to be a, a wedding. It could be a community event. Maybe it's a ward or youth activity. I'm doing one of those this summer. In fact, just lock the deal down on that. Uh, whatever it may be, if you need music to accompany your event, or you just need a great MC, I would love to be able to help you out. You're simply going to need to go to bestdjinutah.com. Here in the second half of Articles of News, we do actual Articles of News. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose Articles of News. And away we go. Uh, you know, I, I want to start a little bit lighter because I think we're going to get some heaviness in today's uh, discussions of things. Definitely. But, uh, President Oaks, Elder Christofferson, Elder Rasband, and President Johnson uh, all participated in the inaugural ceremony for the 14th president of Brigham Young University. Shane Reese is the new president. Um, this has hit the news media a little bit because one of the things that uh, President Reese has said is, um, hey, guys, we need to help other people live integritously at BYU. And your ears may go, wait, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and essentially what it is is they are going to try, uh, not like a program that makes it sound too official, but the the urge is if your roommates, someone you know, a classmate is not living integritously, they're going to help try and empower students to be able to come alongside those those uh, students that aren't living integritously, which I'm, I'm for this part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think as a yeah. society to be able to know how to do this in a 
in a um, loving way, in a kind way, in a let's all be better people kind of way, united as a humankind that cares about people. Um, I love that part of this. And then also there are, they're starting um, an or like an organization that will teach people. And also that if you're not able to help that you then turn your friends and college roommates into so that they can be able to help them live integritously. And it's, as I understand it, it's not the honor code office. So it's not necessarily these egregious things, but I just, I, um, I, I would like to make the tent of uh, Mormonism a little bit bigger. And this mm-hmm. feels to me like it's like, bring the tent stakes in. Everyone needs yeah. to look like this. Let's make sure everybody is this. And and certainly there seems to be a little bit of that, uh, you know, being talked about as far as the, the universities all now falling into the same, um, you know, code, all of that. Um, yeah. You can wear shorts now at the BYU-Idaho, all of those things. That's a great thing. But there definitely seems to be some correlation between all the universities and saying, hey, this is what we're going to be. And if people aren't being this, make sure and tell them. And if that doesn't work, make sure and tell us. And I just don't care for that. Well, and I, I think it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, what does that what does that office look like? Mm-hmm. You know, the, if it's not the honor code office, you know, what does that look like? Does it say, you know, hey, my roommate... I, I, he told me that he cheated on a test. Mm-hmm. How do I handle that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and have them say, oh, well, you know, first open up a dialogue and da da da, and go, you know, teach them how to go through the process. I think if it looks like that, mm-hmm. that that's a great thing because sure. I do, I mean, I, I remember when I was in college, there was something that my roommates were doing that was definitely, um, it was not in keeping with the honor code, mm-hmm. it was not an egregious thing. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but it was definitely dishonest mm-hmm. what what they were doing. And mm-hmm. um, Ooh, I want to remember. Can you tell me? Yeah, I can tell you. So, <laughs> and and people are going to look at me and be like, "Megan, is this really a big deal?" Um, and that's <laughs> and fine. You said, no, it's not a big deal, but it is. A but deal. it's a I deal. It's I like I signed the hey, same me. honor code tell as me. my tell roommates. Me. Tell me what is it? So I was living off campus in oh, like um, in the sin in the great and spacious. Yeah. In Rexburg, you know, but I was living, um, it was two people to a room, Uh right. In the the apartment and you could pay extra for a private room. Okay. Okay. So you could pay like double the rent or I don't know. And there was one girl who in, who I lived with, who she paid double the rent and then let her friend live there for free. Now, the, there was no indication that the other girl had any sort of financial hardship. Like it didn't seem like it was like a charitable thing. Mm-hmm. It was just, it, but she like fully lived there. Like it wasn't just that she was spending the night. like yeah, Or spending moved, weekends, but she worked yeah, in another place. And exactly. Then, yeah, nope. Exactly. It was like I moved in and it was, this was my fifth roommate. Hmm. And I kind of like, I, I brought it up to my mom and my mom's like, well, that's like pretty not that's not honest, you know? And I, I brought it up with my Bishop too. And he's like, yeah, you know, I mean, like, is it an egregious sin? No, it's not, but it's not in keeping with what we have all signed to do, which is be honest in our dealings. And I was Mm -hmm. even like, it caused a huge, uh, argument, a whole situation in my apartment and all of the roommates kind of hated me for it, but I'm like, I see that. And, and, but I was talking with one of my teachers about it she was my dance teacher. So we had a little bit more of a personal relationship than like a hundred person lecture class, you know? 
And she was like, well, you know, you really got to look at it. Like, how much does your name mean to you? You sign your name on the honor code. Mm-hmm. And what what is that worth to you? And they all signed their name and you signed your name. And <laughs> like, I, I didn't go running to the to the honor code office, but I sure. did bring it up with people where I'm like, I don't know what to do about this because right. it feels it feels shady. Like I'm such a rule follower that I would never do anything like that. You know, sure. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it was just kind of a weird thing. And um, the girl did end up having to move out of our apartment because she wasn't paying to live there. She wasn't on any of the documentation or anything. I'm sure there's liability issues too. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Probably yeah. far more than the rent issue. Exactly. That's exactly right. And um, yeah, it was just, it was really interesting. And so it's one of those things where like, how do you deal with stupid things like that? Yeah. And so having resources in place to kind of help guide almost adults through those and, and young adults through those situations, I can see the merit in it. Yeah. It would just depend on where the lines are drawn and how it is actually uh, structured. Sure. Sure. I can think, <laughs> I can think, excuse me. It's my kidney failure. Ever. I was going to say dying. that your kidney dying. <laughs> Uh, it, it could very well, um, benefit a lot of adults, not college aged adults as I think about this. Accurate. So, uh, I want to get into the big story. I told you to be prepared, uh, to talk everything about the eight passengers, mom. We have not yet addressed this in an articles of news. The first question that I have for you, is it Ruby Frank or Ruby Frankie? I heard it both ways. Yeah. Same here. So I don't know. I, I'm inclined to go Frankie. Because it sounds a little funner, right? As far as like, you know, yeah. a YouTube influencer. It's Ruby Frankie, everybody. Okay, we'll exactly. go Frankie Except from here on out. I keep getting her confused with Taylor Frankie Paul. Yes. So if you hadn't heard in our last articles of news, pregnant, congratulations, Taylor Frankie Paul. Awesome. Hopefully that's a good step in the journey to healing for her because yep. it's been a long road. Yes. So Ruby Frankie, tell me for people who have no idea what we're talking about at all, set this up. All right. So Ruby Frankie is a, she made her name as a YouTuber, uh, a family YouTuber. Um, and those are, you know, the big families who they'll post basically their entire life on YouTube. Um, similar to like, what is it? The Shaytards, Shay mm-hmm. Carl and his wife, Colette, other, other families who tend to lean Latter-day Saint. Sure. Um, because of the bigger family, the nature of families. people exactly. want to watch how you have a bajillion kids. Yes. That tends to be Mormons or Catholics, I suppose. Exactly. Um, and uh, she kind of made waves in her on her YouTube channel for her very strict, uh, kind of unorthodox parenting styles and parenting tactics and discipline uh, tactics. And um, lots of people brought it up, um, like articles had been written and people would comment, oh, that's abusive. But like, is it abusive? Well, it turns out she was actually arrested and charged with uh, felony child abuse. And I believe neglect. Um, she has a business partner, Jody Hildebrandt, who is a therapist. Mm-hmm. And um, they started a YouTube channel and another like kind of an organization, uh, Connections Academy or something like that, Connections Classroom, where they would teach these kind of unorthodox, controversial parenting methods. And uh, what was it? Maybe three weeks ago. Um, time is lost on me right now. But a few weeks ago, two of her children. Uh, so Ruby Frankie lives in Springville. 
She lives in Utah County. Mm-hmm. Jody Hildebrandt lives down in Ivins in, in Southern Utah. And two of Ruby Frankie's kids were at Jody Hildebrandt's house and they escaped out of one of the windows. Turns out they had been duct taped and, and like their hands duct taped together. They were emaciated. They were malnourished. Uh, the 12 year old escaped out of the, out of the house, went to a neighbor's house and was like, we're hungry. Can you get us some food? Which then warranted calling the police understandable. Sure. And that's just, that resulted in both women, Ruby Frankie and Jody Hildebrandt being arrested. Um, their oldest daughter came out and was like, yeah, finally, we've been trying to get this to happen for years. All of these parenting tactics are straight up abuse. Her sisters, who apparently I found this out, are also kind of big names in the YouTube family vlogging world, mm. have come out saying we've been trying to get people to do something about this for years. Nothing's happened. We're so glad that it finally has happened. The kids are all the minor children are all in state custody at this point. The husband, uh, Kevin, I think he is supporting his wife. Um, mm. They're they're in jail. Right now, awaiting trial. Husband and wife are in jail, or Jody? No, and Ruby. No, okay. Jody, Jody and Ruby both in jail. Um, trials. They're supposed to have a trial or like a hearing mm-hmm. uh, for just kind of get the process started. That had to be delayed a few times. One, there was a like a catastrophic, life threatening uh, medical issue that happened with Jody Hildebrandt. Jeez. Um, not nobody knows what actually happened. There's. Mm-hmm. Comment sections are running wild with conspiracy oh, sure. theories about that. Sure. And then um, they were supposed to have a trial very soon, and that got pushed out into October. Okay. Since then, lots of people have come out saying, well, this was my experience with her. Or there was one gentleman who also was a YouTube content creator saying she was the reason that we're divorced, that my wife and I are now divorced, because they would put forth these really kind of bananas tactics where- Like what? Do you know like, what? I, I know a few. So okay, yeah, tell me um, one of them so that I can go, do I think that that's bananas or is it just unorthodox? Well, I'm going to tell you two because okay. one has to do with children. One has to do with spouses. So Ooh, the first okay. one was with her son. Okay. He, um, her oldest son uh, was sharing a room with the younger son. Okay. And apparently the older son would play pranks on the younger son. Okay. And I mean, like the, a kid would do to another kid. Got it. Yes. Yes, Exactly. Pranks run wild in my house. I know all about it. Yep. And the the therapist, I'm assuming that that therapist was Jody Hildebrandt, mm-hmm. said that, well, they need to be separate. They need to be separated. And so they gave him the choice and they said, you can either sleep on the couch, you can sleep on the pullout bed in the guest room, or you can sleep on a beanbag chair. He picked the beanbag chair. And that lasted in him sleeping on a beanbag chair for seven months with like no end in sight. And basically the mom, Ruby Frankie was like, well, as soon as he cleans up his act, he can move back in or he can get a bed. And they're saying, well, we gave him a choice. He he's the one who chose the, the beanbag chair. It's like, okay, but he didn't choose to stay there for seven months, you know, and you're not giving him the option of saying, yeah, the beanbag chair isn't working out. If I'm going to be out of this room for so long, can I please have the pullout bed in, you know, the yeah. in the guest room? So that's one example where I look at it and I'm like, so you took the thing that was actually a good idea of separating the kids. Yeah, maybe and, I would even argue that that's a good idea, but okay, sure. Yeah, exactly. Conceding that that's a good idea. Okay. And then you took it to an extreme that I think anybody will look at it and go, uh-huh, like seven months, really? You know, yeah. 
So there, there's that. I'm also doing things like we're going to take all your stuff and you have to buy it back, which again, I can look at it and go, okay, yeah, you do chores for three bucks an hour and then you can have all of your toys back. But like some of it was like homework. Like really, you're going to do that with the homework that your kid has spent time doing like a school project, you know, mm. things like that. Mm. Um, but then the other one was that um, this was, so this one has to do with spouses um, where it was like all men are going to have impure thoughts. And so you need to start living separately from your wife when that starts setting in, when you start having impure thoughts, just go sleep in a different room or go sleep in a different house, go live in a hotel, you know? And it's like, again, you're taking something that could potentially be a good idea and then taking it to the nth degree to where it just doesn't make any sense anymore. And yeah. there was, there was this one guy, another YouTube content creator who said that that's what they were advising him to do. Go live separately from your wife. Don't be around her because you're having impure thoughts. And because you're a man, this is part of your character and everything. And that ended up they got divorced what? and oh, I'm so I know living a separate Shocking. life made them live a separate life. Exactly. And that's happened. That's that more than one couple has said that that mm. was the case for mm. them, that they would get this close association with Ruby Frankie and Jody Hildebrandt. And within a year, their marriage was over. Mm. So, but I, but the, the big thing is obviously you have two kids duct taped and being basically held in a neglectful situation, no food, no water, having to escape and go ask neighbors, you know, and, yeah. and then, well, and then the other thing, this was really bananas to me. Again, I'm going to use that term. You can determine if this is bananas or not, but this one really got me Um, in Ruby Frankie's first like appearance before a judge. She said that one of her kids and she doesn't name who had been acting out. And the reason that they needed to be whatever uh discipline in such a strong way is because they had been exposed to pornography when they were three years old and ever since then they had molested their siblings and they had molested over 20 uh neighbor kids and everything so that's mm -hmm. why she needed to put this all into place and you look at that and go okay even if that were true mm -hmm. that's that's not an excuse to abuse your child correct and why didn't you get the authorities involved correct like there's so much wrong with that also like that child making those choices does not give you carte blanche to do horrible things to them. Yeah. Well, and also what three-year-old is exposed to pornography? I, you know, well, I, I mean know. that I actually, it's funny that you say that. Cause I was like, yeah, that probably happens all the time. Right, It does. But I, a three-year-old wouldn't know how to seek it out again. Sure. sure you know, sure. they might be exposed to it one time, but what three-year-old is getting onto YouTube and actively searching out whatever. Yeah. You know, that's that's where I go. Yeah, they may have been exposed, but they didn't develop a habit at three. Yeah. That's, you know, it's just all so, so crazy. So that's your very, very long, extensive Reader's Digest version. Well, people are talking about it. So I appreciate that you not only know it, but also took the time. couple things. Uh, Jody Hilderant, uh forced to give up her license mm -hmm. to do therapy now. So that, uh, hallelujah. <laughs> Yes. And apparently, according to some people, it should have happened a long time ago. Yes. Because well, she was right. But like even like when she was a professor at BYU, there was a BYU student who said she was sharing like he was going to her for therapy and she was sharing his personal information with classes and with other teachers, you know, just a just, huge no, no, my God. Yes, uh, exactly. and, and then the other thing that I will tell you is uh, props to you for saying emaciated. 
because I listened to uh, another podcast that does news about mm-hmm. the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and the woman said emancipated, and I was oh. like, it's not the same thing. Not the same that thing. It's not even bordering, and didn't correct, which is fine. I say things wrong all the time, but I was like, it's I'm shouting at the gym. It's, it's emancipated. It's emancipated. <laughs> and people are looking over at me, and I'm like, it, it, you guys don't know, but it is It makes emaciated. sense. <laughs> it's, it's not emancipated, so... Exactly. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, a follow-up, you know, we talked quite a bit about uh, Tim Ballard, you know, uh, the brother of M. Russell Ballard. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was his son. Articles of news. Uh, it, it, they're closer than ever thought of before. You know, the no relation Tim Ballard to uh, M. Russell Ballard. And, and since we published that articles of news, uh, a couple of things that are just sort of fun about that. And by fun, I mean in the not very, at all fun. Not at all fun. Um, one thing is that he said, "I don't believe it was the church that did this," and he has quadrupled down on. I'm thinking it's someone in the PR department that has a grudge against me. My guess is that the PR department of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints has been infiltrated by pedophiles. Obviously. And they want, you know, they want an organization and an individual like myself to not be able to be successful, which I, I, the hard thing I think for a lot of people is they they um, they think I am against child trafficking, which, mm-hmm. yes, I don't know anyone. Uh, ha- hallelujah. I don't know anyone who is for child trafficking. Right. Right. Like, I think it's sort of a collective child trafficking is if not. Bad. First, one of the worst things that you could do to a child yes. that you could do in life in general, right? Yes, in some, absolutely. In some cases, I in some cases I think worse than murder, just because yeah. of its lasting effects and yes, you know, lifelong, all those things, right? So, mm-hmm. I think that people um, equate Tim Ballard with solving that problem, and you know, maybe he has for some, yeah. But that doesn't give him, you know, it's not absolution from anything else that he might do. And you can still be against child trafficking and And be against Tim Ballard. Yes. And look at it and go, okay, pure intentions at the beginning. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, pride came before the fall and fall you have. And that leads to the second thing. Apparently, um, seven allegedly uh, allegations of sexual harassment uh, investigated towards Tim Ballard. And these are women that he would go on these missions, air quotes, to be able to get the um, the kids out of child trafficking. And he would say things to them like, we have to sleep in the same bed because we need, if if the traffickers find us, they have to believe this. So we have to sleep in the same bed. You have to shower with me because yeah. what if, what if they, what if they see and and then they know that we're, you know, not being honest. So. Ew. So, 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 and here's. That I, happened. Yeah, yeah. So that happened. Here's the, here is the thing. The older I get, I think I may, may have mentioned this on the last articles of news, but I can't remember. Mm-hmm. The older that I get, I think that there is passion from people about a particular thing. And then, and then I think there is unreasonable passion. Mm-hmm. And I have rarely seen unreasonable passion not be driven by something nefarious. Right. Yes. So because it's obs- it's obsession. Yeah. 
and well, nothing and, good and, comes from that. And I think it and I think it becomes so much of an individual's identity mm-hmm. that then they start to cl- it starts to cloud all of the other things. Yeah. You know, because so, I mean, I don't think that this was the case at all, but let's just say this for that. Mm-hmm. Let's say that Tim Ballard believes that he is the savior. A lot of people equating him to he feels like he's the Mormon savior of child trafficking. Yeah. Um, let's say that he truly believes that. Uh-huh. And let's say in these scenarios where he asked the women to sleep in the same bed with him or to take a shower with him. Let's say for the sake of this conversation, let's say sure. that it wasn't some sort of like control or power move or sexual deviancy that he was after with these women. Let's just say that he truly just was like, yes, if these people see us, we need to be able to do these things. It's still wrong. Yes. You don't ask ask someone who isn't your spouse. Exactly. When you're married and all these things, it, it is still wrong. So even if. Yeah. Even if all of the things, and even if one of the seven allegations is true, it's still wrong. So it's still wrong. So I just the uh, there are a lot of Ballard defenders, uh-huh. and and you Tim know, Ballard defenders. Yeah, Tim Ballard. Well, sure, I'm sure there's a lot of M. Russell Ballard defenders as, as well, there should in, be. But in this particular instance, yes, uh, Tim Ballard defenders, and and okay, yeah. But but I I just think that. It it becomes a point, and we have seen this with other public figures as of late, where mm-hmm. your devotion and dedication to that individual becomes ridiculous. Yes. Yes. Or, I can or, think of... Or you're just an unprincipled person. And yeah. there, shots fired across the bow. Like, yeah. what is it you stand for? The greater good? We need exactly. the Supreme Court votes, so I guess I've got to go along with this. Is, exactly. It's not an okay thing when you look yeah. at, you know. Where's the that. helping people live integritous office yeah. to help me guide my friends who or associates who will excuse behavior from certain politicians because. Oh, I wasn't talking get about the... a politician. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> I, I was just, you know, hypothetically speaking. Hypothetical. Hypothetical. I but, said no name. Yes, and neither did I. Yeah. I just said. A profession. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it's, will will hero worship, it, it, you know, celebrities, politicians, and just excuse the behavior because what they're doing is, like you said, for the greater good. But then somehow we can't extend that same uh, principle to an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. I, that's, that's the one that gets me is that, I mean, like, I hardly ever go on Twitter mm-hmm. because it's, it's a cesspool, essentially, yeah. Oh yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but like. Twitter is a train wreck right now watching oh all of it. You know, I like cannot look away because the mental gymnastics that people have to go through to defend these things and then to completely, you know, take try to take down Elder Ballard while saying, I sustain you as a prophet, but I detest you as a man. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like, how do, how do you get there? How do sure. you get there? I don't, I don't see it. And, and it's interesting because I was, like I saw the abolitionist movie in the theaters, mm-hmm. you know, my husband and I went and I met That's the Tim original Ballard one, the, the original, right? Yeah, and then exactly. Sound of Freedom is the new one. I haven't the, seen yeah. either of them. So the abolitionist is like the documentary. The Sound of Freedom is like the 
the based on a true story one, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and um, like, story. right, true ish, yeah. exactly. And the more that comes out, the less true ish, it yeah. sounds like. And, and so I was, I was all in 10 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, but then I like, the more I, I started to learn and understand and my husband has some close business associations with police officers, police officers who were like, no, we hate that guy. We hate what he's doing because it's not working, you know, or whatever. He's making mm-hmm. our job harder. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, and to find out experts in the field are like, no, what they're doing actually doesn't help. It's, it makes the problem worse, you know, and, and I'm not here to say like, this is how you end child trafficking because no, nobody has that answer. Yeah, What are you, you know, doing, really. Megan the Mitch? Right, exactly. What am I doing? But like it it's all very very unfortunate. I feel terrible for the people who have been misled. I feel terrible for the people who are intentionally misleading themselves. Mm-hmm. I feel terrible for Tim Ballard's family who's having to watch this all be aired and like what has he uh, you know how, how has he um brainwashed is a strong word but yeah. like his wife and children watching this play out, what are they thinking? Are they all in defending him? Or are they like, whoa, wait a second. I didn't know that was going on. How did that, how did I not know? Like, did he ask his wife permission to say, hey, I'm going to invite this woman to sleep in my bed for the ruse, you know, or is this all new for her? You know, I don't know. And it's, it's just all icky. Well, and and interestingly enough, and just sort of side adjacent as we kind of wrap this out, a couple things that we'll talk about. There's another organization called Exodus, Exit US, oh, yeah. uh, that is facing uh, a similar kind of thing. The woman that helped start that, I think, genuinely wanted to help uh, people get out of trafficking as well, started raising money and then used the money that she was raising, part of it, to prop up her socialite lifestyle. Yeah. Near as I can tell, not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but here from Utah. And it's just mm-hmm. another thing. And here's the thing, because there also was another article, and I think this is in Newsweek or something else, where it's like, how come Mormon people fall for these things far beyond the other people, this affinity fraud? And the thing yeah. is, lots of things can be true. Yes, Tim Ballard can have genuinely started this because he felt called by God to do this. And could have made wrong choices that have resulted in him being where he is. Yeah. Tim Ballard could have been friends with M. Russell Ballard and M. Russell Ballard is like, yeah, I'm against child trafficking too. And they had really good conversations and Tim Ballard could have misrepresented his association with M. Russell Ballard to make it it sound like the church endorsed what he was doing to be able to get greater amounts of money from donors. Yes. Well, and you know what I'm, I saw somebody bring this up and I'd be interested to know is, and we probably won't find out ever, but did the church come to him and say, Hey, you need to not do this. You know, somebody brought up Mm -hmm. like there could have been communication of the church saying, please don't use his name. Please don't use that affiliation anymore. And did he disregard that? Because if he did, that's also very problematic. Sure. You know, in regards to how the church interacts with people and organizations and whatnot. Well, and the other side of that, though, it's also problematic if the church didn't come to him. Right. Yeah. And that's true, too. They they don't get a pass as far as that goes. If I'm doing something, if I say something in a cultural episode and I find out from the news that I'm being reprimanded from the church, that's an issue. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, but, and, and again, like the church isn't going to comment on that. No. And so is Tim Ballard. He says, I went to my bishop. I went to my stake president. They said they knew nothing about this. Mm-hmm. We don't know that. We don't know for sure what has been communicated. He could right. be, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's all very icky. And, and there has been more news coming out about another associate of his who is on video groping an underage girl in Mexico. Uh... On one of the missions, you know, and him on record saying, am I going to be prosecuted for this? Jeez. And somebody, somebody in the room saying, just don't tell your bishop and you'll be fine. And Jeez. the person, then the person he was discussing it with saying, no, I think you're going to be fine. I don't think the Mexican government is going to do anything about it. And that person saying that he's going to be fine is now currently the CEO of OUR. Is the, uh, so allegedly we should probably say, or do uh, we, for sure. Which part? That, that it's the person that is the CEO of OUR. Yeah, no, he's he's for sure the new because Tim Ballard stepped down earlier. Yeah, this no, year. I no, I knew that. Oh, yeah. We see that person in the video say that thing. Um, so this was all done. I don't know if like the it was a vice article again. Sure. Sure. And they found this all out through like a records request or something. Mm. Uh OUR thought that that video and that recording had been scrubbed mm. and deleted. Mm-hmm. Um, which also begs the question, why did you delete it? Yeah, why would you? you know, did you? I don't. Know. Yeah. So, and and that that guy was also like the main producer on Sound of Freedom. So, there's well, a lot of layers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and certainly this isn't the end of it as well no. with uh, Tim Ballard, you know, um, twin brother of M. Russell Ballard, yes. uh, going to be running for Mitt Romney's Senate seat. It sounds like way to go, Utah. Could we think of nobody else better to represent ourselves? Um, yeah. yeah. It's certainly not the end of that, but, no. but Megan, before we go, are we sporting for sports who sport? We, we are sporting because there, there's sporting. a huge, huge story from over the weekend and I'll let you take us home. And I hope you have the right one because it was, it's huge. I've got three, maybe four that oh, are really geez. quick. Okay. No, they're them. really quick. Do Same to sport. Uh, Dave Rose former basketball coach uh, for BYU for the men's team. He was inducted into the Utah sports hall of fame. So that's exciting. He has some of like the best record coaching record out of BYU for basketball. So that's exciting. BYU women's soccer ranked number one in the nation. Um, BYU is crushing it on the football field. The gridiron, as they say, (laughs) Um, they're winning and that's exciting. And, Here you go, baby. and they beat and the SEC team in Arkansas. Yeah, they did. And they're about to play the Kansas Jayhawks. And, uh, their head coach was like, well, I don't know. Their, uh, their roster average age is 22 and we can't match up that all because they go on missions sure. and everybody's like, yeah, if it was a training camp for two years, it'd be a lot different, but sure. it's not, it's the, the, the age old argument, you know, sure. so that'll be interesting to see how that goes out. And, and then the, and the pun is appreciated, by the way, with the age old argument. I just anytime. want everyone to recognize how brilliant, let less uh, not brilliant, but yet intentionally, non-intentionally brilliant you were. Go on the fourth Thank story. You. Um, OK, I can't pronounce the name. Yes, you can. Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua. Making waves on the NFL gridiron. Absolutely crushing it. He did something exciting, except that I was on the cruise. So I really don't actually know what it was, but I heard his name throwing, going all over the place. He was in like a top 10 play countdown, but everybody's excited about Puka Nukua. So he former played, 
he played at BYU. Yep. Yep. He, and so he is a rookie, obviously, for the LA Rams. And as I understand it, he has the most, now I'm going to get us in trouble. He either has the most catches in the first two games or the most catches for yards in the first two games of any rookie ever in the NFL. In the history of the NFL. In the history of the NFL. Way to go, Brother Nakua. Way to go. It must have been that mission he went on. Yeah, and he's an animal. He really, like you watch him. You just hope he stays healthy because the NFL can take a really healthy person and make them not real quick. But man, yes. he just grabs Crushed anything, it. you know, pu- pushes through anything. It's Megan the Mitch Mitchell crack of the bat with a ball. She's sporting. And uh, let's take a break. We come back. We'll do the temple ticker with the Pharaoh himself, Corey K. Ward. Megan, thanks for being here. Anytime, Richie. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the third block, we welcome into the uh, cultural hall. Uh, make a little space for him, please. Would you mind scooching over a little bit? There's, they're starting to get pretty full here on the back road. Row, not road. It's Corey K. Ward, the Pharaoh himself, talking all things Temple. Uh, I need to, before we talk about anything Temple necessarily, someone reached out to me this week and said, why does Corey not have a website or an Instagram that you can share all the nerdy stuff that you have? So I I said I would ask you live as we did this. I didn't give you any sort of preface that it was coming. So Um, I do have a uh, Facebook page that is about meeting houses and chapels of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, basically, I take a stake around the world and I get images on the internet of those chapels and then I post them every day at 5 p.m. Mountain. So it's called Latter-day Saint Chapels Around the World Daily. Oh, I love it. See, see, here I was thinking we were giving you an idea. No, <laughs> how long have you been doing that for? Uh, about three years. Okay. And what what's that like? What's the response like? What um, well, most of my followers are from either the Philippines, Brazil, or Mexico. Okay. Only about 20% of my followers are from the United States. Um, so I get a lot of, basically a lot of, only only on Mondays, I post things from the United States. The rest of the days of the week are chapels from around the world. And That's so awesome. there's a big response from people in other language, um, langu- with other languages, other countries that like to see how the church looks around the world. So. Uh, okay, I want to know more. Then, when we talk about followers, how many? How many? It, it doesn't matter. It's not about the numbers. I just hope <laughs> that the Godfordson family joins the church. But if we had to report numbers, tell me what we're looking at. Um, I have about eleven thousand followers. Oh my gosh! Good for you. <laughs> okay, Thanks. so it's a Facebook page. Yes, and we search it by find for what Latter Day Saint Chapels. You can search that probably. Okay, and then it's Latter-day around Saint the Chapel. world daily. So. Well, maybe we'll have you do one of those for, I don't know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll uh, pilfer something or steal your concept and have you do one <laughs> a week for the cultural hall. I don't know. That'd be kind of fun. But yeah, they, this person specifically was like, he is so nerdy. And I was like, Hey, now watch it, watch it. That is my Corey K Ward you're talking about. And they're like, no, no, no. I love it. I love every time he's on. So 
very complimentary nerdy. Well, I'll tell you something nerdy that um, when, once we get to one of the temples in Africa, I found a meeting house that has a very interesting note on it. So okay. All right. it. That's a great segue. Let's get into it. Uh, we, when we last chatted, we were only able to talk about the St. George Temple because you and I both were able to go through. If you haven't listened to that, that is the last Articles of News episode that we posted. Uh, you can find and listen to all that. We also talked about the three temples that were dedicated all in the same day. So we have got a slew of news about temples of the church. So I'll let you take us wherever you'd like to go. Well, thanks for opening up the overflow section of the cultural hall. uh, I can't get that strap around the thing. (laughs) I need two people to push. Can we do that? Yeah, (laughs) that'd be nice. We start, Um, well, Okinawa, which by the way, for anyone of my generation, this is not you. When you hear Okinawa, you just think of the karate kid too. (laughs) Okay. It I is guess I'm, I'm nerdy enough that I think about World War II, but yeah, <laughs> of your generation, that's what you think of, you know, WW2. But my generation, it's the second Karate Kid. Yeah, so the Okinawa Japan uh, Temple um, has opened up for tours, and they'll be open up through October seventh. Um, this is the fourth temple in Japan. Um, the church provided a great um, history of the church in Okinawa. Basically, when once World War II ended and um, U.S. servicemen started to arrive. People such as Neil Maxwell and Boyd K. Packer, among them, um, they started just to meet um, on the island and then eventually it grew and then missionaries were sent to teach the Japanese people. And now there is one stake, this is a Japanese stake, and then one district of branches of military um, Americans that live on the islands. And so there's about, they said there's about 2,000 people that um, worship every Sunday on the islands. And so now they're going to have their own temple. That's pretty significant. So this is one of definitely one of those temples that it's like for convenience sake, for crying out loud, we need a, a pretty small temple because how are these people going to get anywhere else? Yeah, they would have to fly to mainland Japan or uh, Taiwan. Um, the president, or I think one of the Japanese general authorities, Takashi Wada, he said that it's fitting that there's both American and Japanese communities here today. And basically that we've served side to side for 70 years here. Um, what's really interesting is the architecture of this temple. They um, really chose a unique uh, Japanese design. They said that the arches and the windows are inspired um, after local castles in the area, like the Nagagushuku Castle, castle which is actually where people, some of the servicemen meant, met at, um, for church um, when they got there. Huh. And then they have um, some unique kind of floral uh, bands around the um, exterior of the temple. Um, that I guess it's a traditional Karaman gate. Um, and then they have a lot of um, palms, seiko palms, um, hibiscus flowers, as well as a rock garden outside. That's cool. That's kind of a and fun you, fusion of cultures, right? Yeah, you see, you see that same theme um, inside the temple. Um, there's a there's a grand staircase um that has a rock garden on the in um on the interior of the temple hmm. and it says that the staircase is origami inspired so the second floor folds down to the first floor and appears as if it's floating on the adjacent wall and so that would be cool if it actually folds down like you hit the <laughs> button it's like we need more room but i'm i'm guessing that's not what you mean. <laughs> What's also unique about this temple is that the windows, it's um, a traditional Bangata artwork, I guess, that originates in Okinawa. Um, it's basically where you take, it's a window with three panes of glass, and each um, pane of glass is a different um, painting on it. And so sure. once you put the three panes together, it looks like um, kind of the 
the blue on the back is kind of blended in and then you see like the flowers on the inside. So if depending on if you look in the inside or the outside of the windows of the temple, it has a different like image basically. Huh. Huh. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And you can see a picture of a lot of these things that you've mentioned in the show notes for this episode. The church has released both the interior and exterior photos of the temple. That's right. And it's actually um despite the Japanese um theme, it looks a lot like the Helena Montana temple. It has those um those nine oxen heads on the baptistry font mm-hmm. um and it has that flex ordinance room where it can be a ceiling room or a um or an endowment room and so it's just uh, basically like the helena temple except it's two stories instead of one and not modular right this is not one of not the modular ones. no yeah yeah i guess you couldn't could you be modular two-story i suppose you could I, yeah yeah they could do it they, they built hotels modular marriott builds hotels that are like 10 stories high no. That seems that seems safe, Brother Marriott. <laughs> uh, we go to what Canada now? Is that where we're headed? Yeah. So the site of the Lethbridge Alberta Temple. This was just announced about six months ago. Um, it's on the corner of I'm not kidding you. Whoop Up Drive, west of um, Muriatina Road, in West Lethbridge. And so I had to look up what is Whoop Up. It's named after the Fort Whoop Up. And it's disputed what that name means, but it either means illicit activities, quote, whoop it up, or it's <laughs> referring to a whip cracking for bull herds. And so the temple will be located on this Fort Whoop, Whoop Hub Drive. And you know <laughs> that there's a headline when the dedication is about to occur where it says, Mormons whooping up <laughs> over the, you know what I'm saying? You know that there's someone, there's some headline writer for the Lethbridge, Canada local journal that's like, click, 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 click. Mormon's going to whoop it up this weekend. That's, cool. <laughs> that's right. That's it's the located... kind of stuff you get here. That's the kind of stuff you get with the Pharaoh that's right, right. Here. And someone else pointed out that it's very Canadian that it's located right next to an ice rink where you can go to curling, skating, and hockey. <laughs> <laughs> you you just you combine the night right you do yeah. you do baptisms with the youth and then you take them over to the ice rink yeah so it's going to be a multi said multi-story 45,000 square foot temple that's and so big. i think it's i think it's gonna be the same design as the feather river and richmond temples and and uh what probably we're a dozen in canada how many are we at canada do you have any idea off the top of your head um, is it 10 i think yeah hmm. <laughs> jeez uh, now Nigeria. This we started and we there was something that you were going to tell me. I think it was about Nigeria when we chatted last time, and then we decided to punt and push it towards this episode. Was it Nigeria that you had something? Yeah, this is talk about? The, the meeting house tie will be. Um, okay. So there was two temple sites um, announced in Africa and Nigeria. Um, one in Benin City. Um, it will be kind of in the center of the city on Commercial Avenue. It'll be a two-story, 30,000-square-foot temple with an arrival center. And then the Lagos, Nigeria temple, which will be built on Lagos Island, which is like the richest part of Lagos. Um, it's going to be a single-story, about 20,000-square-foot temple um, with a patron housing as well. Um, but what I looked up is that the nearest meeting house to this temple site, um, it's kind of like a, a rented facility, maybe. Um, it's like kind of looks like a house, but that's where they meet for church. And it has mm-hmm. a sign um, it says the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And then on the underneath, it says visitors allowed. And so mm-hmm. not your standard signage for Latter-day Saint meeting houses. I guess rather than being welcomed, the visitors, they're we'll, allowed. We'll allow it. We'll allow it. <laughs> we'll allow it. Uh, that's interesting. Do you have a picture of said sign? 
Yeah, I even have a link in the show notes. People can check it out right there to be able to see it. Now, here is a here was the thing uh, when we teased it before. Uh, I know that I got at least one email that said they were super excited for a temple at Legoland. And I was like, Legoland. It's, not, it's not the, that's <laughs> not, it's, it's a, in Africa. It's a very, <laughs> it was a very sad, sad response that I had to give that person and break their heart. They were hoping to combine both the activities with their kids as well as the activities with their ancestors. But oh, you can go buy them. There's plenty of people that are building temples out of Legos. Fair point. Fair point. Uh, now down to what many of the uh, the uh, co-hosts and panelists from the Cultural Hall are excited about is the Austin, Texas Temple. Yeah, so we already knew where it was going to be built, but they went ahead and released a rendering of what it will look like. Um, like we previously knew, it was um, about a, um, a 30,000 square foot, one-story temple. Um, it's kind of like an off-white granite. Um, they have some nice um, columns, I would say, that are like the Ionic order of columns. And um, on the top, it has like a green dome. So I think this might be the first temple that has a green dome on top. Now, is that a lean to the uh, Texas Capitol that's there in Austin? I think that the state capitol has a green dome, I want to oh, say. That's a good connection, if it's if that's true. I want to say, as we both are feverishly <laughs> <laughs> trying to um, search it. I don't know if it's green. Maybe, maybe it might be a time it was. I wouldn't be surprised if they took inspiration off of it. Oh, you're right. Yeah. It is green. Oh, but it is green roofed. That's what I remembered. The, okay. some, the some of the roof of the uh, state capital of Texas is green. Okay, that makes sense. I don't know that that's what it is. There's probably something even more symbolic about that. But you know what I know about you? You won't rest until you find out if it's coincidence or not. So <laughs> I don't have to worry about it. Uh, I was really surprised about the Kona Hawaii Temple. Yeah. So as previously about a year ago, they said that um, it would be closing um, in October, and it's closing on. Um, September 30th will be the last day. Um, they released a new rendering, which in the press release, they um, didn't note that it was an updated rendering. They just said, hey, here's a picture of it. Um, but if you compare what the picture they looked, they released last year to the one they released just barely, um, it has a, a shorter spire and then um, Indramorne is gone. And so um, I don't really know why. There's no explanation of why this was. Um, maybe they're, they're trying to make the people of Cody happy somehow. <laughs> somehow maybe because they already had the approval of the steeple maybe to get it a little bit higher they had to get approval and then it was just going to be a big mess so they're like okay let's just take off moroni and leave it at that well it's not moroni's temple it's jesus's temple that's why moroni is <laughs> getting taken off of it but a fair a fair guesstimation i would say uh have yeah, you ever... it... oh go ahead as i previously um noted it looks like they took inspiration off the honolulu tabernacle Hmm. I know what the steeple looks like if if you're familiar with that building. You know, the cool thing about the uh, Kona Hawaii Temple, too, if I remember correctly, because I've been there, uh, like you're you're if you're not paying attention, you're like, oh, there's a temple. It's uh, I would imagine it's similar, not at all in like the city structure or anything like that. But as I've heard D.C. sort of explained where it's like, I don't see anything. I don't see anything come around the corner. And it's like, whoa. That's sort of how I I uh, really yeah it's on the Kona being it's on the big island of Hawaii, um and there's basically one highway that goes around the island and so it's like right there on the side of the road yeah yeah it, it I think actually when we did it like I was like that looks a lot like a temple and then we had to come back around because I was like I didn't, I didn't realize it would be right there on the side of the road but very convenient for people to be able to get to 
Uh, we continue on. Tell me about Cody. Okay, well, um, big news. Um, I guess the mayor of Cody decided to uh, issue the building permits for the Cody Wyoming Temple. And so it looks like the church has go ahead to start building. Um, but of course, there's litigation that's happening. And so yeah. it's likely that they're going to have to wait for that to play out. Um, but this is what the mayor said. He says, during this time, the LDS Church representatives um, from Salt Lake City expressed that any further delay in the permit uh, issuance would result in construction setbacks and significantly financial losses necessitating them to take legal action in federal court to recover damages uh, and legal expenses. So he said, so the mayor said, um, the city of Cody has always been committed to fiscal responsibility and safeguarding the interests of our residents. Engaging in a protract protracted legal battle does not align with our values, and we have a responsibility to be prudent stewards of taxpayer dollars. So basically, the church uh, said that if this is going to go on any longer, we're going to have to go to the feds. And the mayor said that's really expensive, so we're just going to go ahead and issue the permit. When I posted this on uh, the Cultural Hall's Facebook page, I... I, I may have insinuated that we were a bit of a, a bully in this sort of scenario. And someone was like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, we could build it somewhere else. But the way that we got away with this, and I understand both sides, but the way that we got away with this is like, guys, you said we could do it. Maybe someone misspoke that shouldn't have told us we could do it. We're here We've got all of our Lego pieces ready to put together our temple in the parking lot. And if you don't let us do this, we will sue you. <laughs> That's what it looks like, you yeah. know? And yeah. uh, and so then they're like, oh, well, okay, we really don't want it. And I know this is going to make people upset, but we're little Cody Wyoming that doesn't have a lot of money. And you know that. And okay, I guess build it. I just, I, the, the, and, and where the real loss is, unfortunately, where the real loss is, I think, is that um, like the the people of Cody that didn't want it will have just another arrow in their quiver of the church is this in this particular small town, right? Where I don't know that, you know, if we walk that out, it's not that I think that if they would have built it somewhere else that everyone would have joined the church and there's this jubilation of, oh, they put moved it and they consider my feelings and care about me and all that. But unfortunately, you know, they, they it is another thing where they go, oh, yeah, here they are doing this again. Yeah, I mean, um, the city of Cody had a like a zoning plan and everything, and so they had this plan that they were going to do, and the church kind of came in and said, well, can we amend it a little bit? And for some people, they don't allow that amendment to happen. And so, um, but, I mean, it is private land. It was donated to the church by someone. And so, um, yeah. I guess, if you're going to say it's a free country, then you got to be able to build what you want on your own land. And so, um, yeah, definitely a... a you have to be a balance of rights here. Yeah. Um, we see in um, other places like Phoenix, Arizona, like Boston, Massachusetts, like Paris, France, that there's been similar um, things like that happen. And then when the temple's built, it seems like, um, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Like the temple is actually not as bad as we thought. There wasn't a, the traffic's not as bad. Um, so it could go either way. Could, there sure. could be long resent, resentment, um, but it could also heal over time as people see that the temple's actually doesn't generate that much traffic, especially in a small town like Cody. It won't generate that much traffic. And if they keep the lights down, I think they might be okay. And speaking of lights, we obviously then go to Heber Valley, where there's continued news about the Heber Valley Temple. Yeah, so we also saw that the, count, the city council in Heber, or maybe the county council, um, 
approved a memorandum of understanding, which is basically, I, I have, I'm not quite sure exactly what it means, but it's basically like, this is what the church is going to do. Um, and this is, we understand that you're doing it. And so um, it was a three, two vote. So you a little bit squeak through there, the council, and there are still concerns over lighting and traffic, but I think they're working them out. The church is adding a roundabout. They're paying about $200,000 or about half a million dollars to add a roundabout to the road. So that will hopefully help with traffic. Um, and then there was concerns over the groundwater that um, basically during construction, they're going to have to pump out a lot of water um, into the local canal. And so a few people were kind of worried that it might, if uncontrolled, it could cause some flooding. But hmm. hopefully they have some good engineers there that are um, know what they're doing. And um, hopefully, I think they said maybe even after construction, they're going to have to continuously pump water. Um, so as long as it's, as long as they know what they're doing and that they have a good design, I think they'll be okay. But yes, you definitely have some people concerned over that. Uh, you know, interestingly enough, though, and I didn't know this until um, I found uh, the Instagram that I do now, which is ripped off Temple Ticker News from Corey K. Ward. That's how you find us on Instagram. <laughs> uh, the roundabout that they're putting uh, by the Heber Valley Temple, it's called the Whoop It Up Roundabout. So you can just go <laughs> around and around and around. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a tribute to the other one. I'm not sure where where they got it from but you especially in the snowy uh heber winters you can go and pull brodies or donuts or whatever you want to call it in the whoop it up roundabout that the church is building that's <laughs> just you can find us at temple ticker news that we stole from Corey k ward on instagram all one word no periods no underscores all one word <laughs> uh with this being the last episode that we'll post uh with you before the temples of uh, the church are dedicated or not dedicated are announced at uh, general conference. What predictions have you, do you have like a top five, a uh, uh, one that you're feeling really passionate about? Where are you thinking? Sure. I even have a bracket that I do every year that I put um, basically my top 60 guests on this bracket. And so um, I guess some of the ones that I have seated the highest, I have Colorado Springs, Colorado, Okay. Um, Spanish Fork or Mapleton, Utah. Okay. Um, uh, Flagstaff, Arizona. Um, Santa Ana, El Salvador. Uh, Florianapolis, Brazil. Um, Dominican Republic, Santiago. Um, maybe another in Lima, Peru. Um, let's see. I mean, it's probably been about a decade. People have been guessing Mongolia. Maybe. Finally, you think now? Now is the time. Maybe. Um. Maybe with that fourth temple in Okinawa getting done. Maybe another one in Osaka, Japan. Okay. Um, maybe somewhere in Africa, like Uganda or um, or Togo would be interesting. Yeah, so you're throwing out a lot of names. I, I want you to commit so that I can come back. Commit? I want you to commit. And here here's mine. Here are mine. There are two okay. that I'm thinking that I feel pretty good about. Uh, Maui, Maui, the island of Maui, especially with all the stuff that's recently happened, also an island, also convenient. Tons of members of the church go there for travel, all of those things. So Maui. Wouldn't look like bad press after after the fight. No, I don't. No, no? I we, no, I think we spin it in a healing the people of the island of Maui sort of way. Yeah, because I did hear that people are actually suffering because people have stopped visiting Maui. Uh -huh. So they're wanting people to go visit again. And so, yeah. you know, yeah. maybe bringing some construction jobs to Maui will be good. Yeah. And yeah. And I think that, right. Here's an opportunity for this. We're bringing this, we're going to do this. So I think, and, and, you know, I say spin it 
and that makes it sort of sound like a little bit of a cynical opinion, but I genuinely think that will be the presentation. And that's the way that it should be if they brought it there. So I'll take back spin and say, and that's the way they announce it. And the other one, I'm really surprised. I'm, I am, uh, a flabbergast that you did not have this in the ones that you mentioned to me. Harem in Utah is so obvious for a temple, this general conference. Yeah, I know where we built too. If, if they do it. Yes. On Juniper Crest Road. That's where they have a site for it. Yeah. So, so. call it out. Let's call <laughs> it what it is. There's also the church also has a site um, in Lehigh, Utah on the mountain. Um, I know where that is. And the, basically, D.R. Horton has said that, has hinted strongly that the church will build a temple there. Yes. So. Is it now? Like, Harriman, this, for yeah. those that are familiar with the Utah, sorry, everyone outside of Utah, we're going to get you real Utah centric. I've heard that it's that area that as you're coming around point of the mountain, there's sort of that empty field. And then it's sort of up and above that empty field, right? As you come into Salt Lake County, is that? Are you thinking about Harriman? No, that for the, Le- the Lehigh. Temple. It sort of um, overlooks the silicon slopes. It's, yeah, it's, but it's, yeah, it's closer to like the, the Micron campus. Oh, okay. Further area. down that way. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think we're ready for the Lehigh Temple yet. <laughs> but yeah, maybe Harriman first. And then but Lehigh. no, I definitely think Harriman first with because they've got that massive project out there. Uh, you know, the middle to high density housing project. Harriman, that's my call. Harriman and Maui. Do you have any other for sure's that you think? I know we were going to get a bunch in the continent of Africa, but do you have any that you're like, yep, I'm feeling real strong about this? <laughs> um. Yeah, um, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I think the temple in Spokane is one of those small Hinkley temples. Um, and we've seen that other temples about that size have gotten their temple district split. Uh-huh. And so um, I think Spokane is probably on the busier side for the small temples. And so up in, up in northern Idaho. I'll take that. Give me one more. Um, One more. Let's see. How about Tasmania, Australia? There's two stakes on that island. Okay. And how long? That's a that's a boat ride, a plane ride to get out of there to yeah. go to. They have to go to Melbourne. City? Oh, Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll take that. So Tasmania <laughs> and Coeur d'Alene, and I'm saying Harriman and Maui. There we go. And we get to give each other dead arms if we're both not right. Right. And the next time we see each other, I get to hit you as hard as I can. Isn't that how the <laughs> temple bets go in the spirit of temples? No, is that not? Maybe that's not how it goes. <laughs> if you could see Corey. And by the way, you should become a Patreon saint so you can see him do that. You guys, uh, there it is. Uh, You can make your conference predictions. There's a link in the show notes to fill out your own temple bracket and places for you to put in your own wild card. Corey K. Ward, the Pharaoh himself, does that every single general conference. Hope that you uh, make those predictions, uh, whatever they be. Maybe they're not temples. Maybe they're about something else as you go into general conference weekend. 10 hours. They're all for us. Even that Saturday night that was not once, but then was, but then was not, but then was, but then was not. Who's it for? It's for all of us. So enjoy General Conference weekend. Um, May you eat all the carbs this weekend and be sure that you bless them. Uh, I hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. Hope that if you're able to hear this week, that you'll be able to hear next week. And then when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. We'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Cultural Hall. Hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat on the back row.